This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the latest Agenda Podcast from the Blood Red Channel with myself, Matt Addison, alongside both the Echoes, Richard Garnett and Liverpool.com's Emmett Gates. Liverpool won this weekend and moved within three points of Manchester City at the top of the Premier League table. But there's another story that's taken the headlines both before and after that game at Brighton. Mohamed Salah, Jurgen Klopp's comments on his contract and also his agent's reaction on social media. We did speak a little bit about this on Friday's Blood Red podcast, so I don't want to go into too much detail. But as a quick recap, Jurgen Klopp said Liverpool had done as much as what they could. And then Rami Abbas Issa appeared to laugh at the suggestion with a cryptic tweet. Richard, I'll come to you first. In terms of the kind of sequence of events that I've just sort of outlined there, what was your kind of initial reaction to firstly Jurgen Klopp's comments, but then kind of the reaction to those comments as well? Um, Well, we're in this kind of um, situation now that I feel is going to run for a couple of months yet. And and that is people basically jostling for their position in, in what is effectively... Uh, a bit of bargaining, a bit of haggling that that is is going on currently. Uh, it's qu- it's clear now that obviously Liverpool have made uh, a contract offer to Mohamed Salah, and it looks like he's rejected this. Uh, and I, I can't say I'm surprised by that because there are a few things at stake here, aren't they? Mohamed Salah, arguably the best player in the world, or one of the best players in Europe at the very least. Um, does he get paid the most money? Uh, reflective of that. Probably not. He gets paid very well, uh, but but perhaps not in the league of of some of his peers. And he will be looking at this next contract as probably the uh, the biggest contract of his career as he you know reaches the uh, the back end of it. And he'll be looking to get a, a, as good a price uh, attached to it as he possibly can. At the say on the other side of things, FSG aren't going to. Tear up their wage structure just for one player, especially a man, um, you know, as I say, who's probably got less less years left to play than he has already played. So somewhere in the middle, there has to be negotiation. I think perhaps with Klopp, there may, you know, secretly be a little bit of frustration that the deal hasn't been done yet, and that's why he's kind of when pushed by reporters, of course kind of um, let slip a little bit that the, that the ball is in Salah's court and that of his agents. Hence, we've then seen the uh, rather bizarre, shall we say, response from his agents, which, uh, you know, we're drawing parallels, assuming the two things are linked together. I think it's fairly safe to assume that they are. Um, and somewhere down the line, that there needs to be an agreement. But I don't think that agreement is going to come in the next month, I, I believe this is likely to rumble on until the end of the season. Yeah, it doesn't feel particularly like it's it's close to being done, Emmett, does it? I mean, just in terms of the kind of agent and what he's posted online, I mean, it, it just it doesn't seem to be particularly helpful to me. If, if the two parties are intent on coming to an agreement, they're going to be in negotiations over the next few weeks, months, potentially. It, it, it just doesn't seem like a a particularly adult way of, of dealing with this? No, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of an emoji, Matt, to be honest with you, but uh, people operate in different ways these days, don't they? So um, 
the the agent will want the best price for his player uh, and in turn himself. Um, and I feel like, regardless of what you make of, of that particular tweet or his reaction to Klopp's comments, um, it's clear that he has decided that it was suitable to make some sort of retort to um, Klopp saying that the ball was in Salah's court. And, and I suppose what what everyone can gather out of that is is that the two sides are miles apart at the moment, or so, certainly not on the same page. I think that it is very much a haggling game. I, I do I, I believe that Mohamed Salah wants to stay at Liverpool. Whether he will or not will come down to how close uh, Liverpool are prepared to compromise in terms of whatever his uh, and his agent's uh, salary demands are, because that is the bottom line here at the end of the day. Um, if I was FSG, I'd be quite wary of tearing up uh, their policy or their salary policy or guidelines just to appease one player. Uh, and I think it makes sense to hold out perhaps until the end of the season before putting in a final, you know, making a final offer, which hopefully would be accepted. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a waiting game. I think the important thing, Emmett, really is that, as Richard says there, the, the, the fact that Mohamed Salah pretty clearly wants to stay at Liverpool, you can understand why that would be. He's become the player he is because of his time at Liverpool. It, it feels like that's a pretty big plus in terms of these negotiations. The fact that it's pretty obvious that Salah, in an ideal world, would just stay at Liverpool. Yeah, and when you when you take everything into consideration, you know, the financial aspect, the sporting project, the manager, you know, the players that Liverpool currently have, I've, it is clear that A, he loves the club, and B, just purely from a winning trophies perspective, staying at Liverpool is... The, wise, the wisest and safest option. I mean, if we if we look at some of the other clubs that he could potentially join, Liverpool are better than all of them at the moment. Um, but he obviously wants to be compensated fairly for what he feels he deserves. And when you consider what some of the other players in the Premier League earn, you know, there was um, the Mirror ran an article on the on the top fifteen players who earn more. The Mo Salah, I mean, you see some of the names on the list, like with all due respect, John Stones, Jack Grealish, Angulo Kante, you know, Mohamed Salah deservedly, you know, warrants a paycheck that is higher than all of them. Um, and obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo sets the bar. Um, I think he earns around 475000 per week. And obviously, Liverpool are not going to offer that. <laughs> like, that's insane money. You know, Liverpool will not break their wage structure for you know for Salah for that kind of money but I think there is a compromise in the middle somewhere and it's it purely can't be just about money you know it has to be about the prospect of winning trophies and sure he could go to you know Paris Saint-Germain or you know maybe even I was going to say Barcelona but Barcelona can't afford <laughs> big wages anymore but he could go to other places and earn much more than what Liverpool will likely offer but is he going to win anything? Likely not. You know, Liverpool, as it stands, are probably in the top three teams in Europe. You know, you'd maybe say Man City, maybe Bayern, maybe, you know. So, I mean, we're, 
anywhere else that he goes, it's going to be a step down. And at his age, you know, he'll soon be 30. He can't go to a club that's in a rebuilding process and it's going to take another two or three years to get where Liverpool currently are. So I think there is a middle ground for him to take into consideration. Yes, he deserves to get, to be paid more money, but he also has to take the sporting side into account. And there's no better place to be than Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, I think we've got to assume, Richard, that the offer that Liverpool have put on the table that Jurgen Klopp confirmed on Friday is obviously going to be worth more than what he's on now, but obviously not more enough for Mohamed Salah and his agent. I mean, to what extent can Liverpool afford to just, in in the words of, of some fans, and, and we've heard this again this weekend, just, just pay him what he wants, give him what he wants. Obviously, they're not going to do that, but th- there's got to be, as Emmett says there, a kind of a middle ground, a, a bit of leeway from both sides and... That's that's essentially what a negotiation is, isn't it? That's that's the whole point. Well, I think in the past, after some great Mo Salah goals and performances and maybe a few pale ales, I've probably been guilty myself of saying, <laughs> give him what he wants, you know what I mean? This is the greatest player in Europe. There can't be too high a price on him. Uh, but, you know, once you've had a bit of time to... Uh, to run that through your system uh, and, and, and look back at it, you have to say, well, no, the, the, you can't just pay him whatever he wants. It, it, it doesn't work like that. Liverpool haven't got to where they are purely off the back of Mohamed Salah's goals, have they? You know, they've got this unbelievable team now, um, certainly the best I've ever seen, uh, with, which is epitomised by what Mohamed Salah brings to it. But I, I think... Um, the bosses at Anfield will already have a budget in mind for what they will actually be prepared to pay Salah. Uh, and I dare say it's not what he was offered. It's like any negotiation. If you buy a house, you know how much money you've got to spend on it. Uh, and you'll start a lot lower and, and then try and get to somewhere which is acceptable to the seller or, or to both parties, as it is in this case. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. And whereas Salah is likely to hold out as long as he can for the best money that he can, I believe Liverpool will do the same. And I think on balance, just uh, from from Emmett's uh, comments there as well about what he can actually achieve on a sporting side of things, uh, I would like to think that on balance he would likely stay. I just believe that he's holding out for the best price that he possibly can. And I think that Liverpool already know what that is and they won't be prepared to go over it. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. In terms of sort of moving forwards, the, the sporting project, I mean, that's, that's going to lead into the kind of reaction if he was to, to move on, isn't it? Because I suppose if, if he was to leave and he wasn't to agree a new contract, the first accusation would be, well, he's obviously not leaving because of the sporting project, so it's got to be something else. And the only logical thing would be that it would come down to, to the finances. Yeah, I mean, when you, when, you take a, when you look at it from all perspectives, if he does leave, it can only purely be about the money because it's kind of what I said before. You know, you look at the Champions League this season, Liverpool, what are favourites, second favourites at this point? And you, you kind of survey the European football landscape and all of the traditional powerhouses are kind of on their knees, you know, financial-wise and 
in terms of their teams. You know, obviously Real Madrid had that great comeback against PSG, but I mean, they can't pull that off in every in every week in every round, and they're not going to play PSG with their with their fragile mentality every 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 round. So I mean, you kind of think where else could he go that that would give him the same sporting project that he has already at Liverpool. So if he was to leave, your your main takeaway is that it's purely down to money. And how much money do does one need? Yes, he undoubtedly deserves to be higher paid than he is. And especially when I said when you see the likes of John Stones getting paid more Jack Grealish, who haven't did, you know, a tenth of what Salah's done this season. Um but surely, you know, maybe a slight bump in salary but being able to stay at Liverpool, continue his legacy, to me that is the smartest choice because where else can he go realistically at this point? It's not like two or three years ago pre-pandemic when European clubs could spend you know vast amount of money. You know when Juve, Juventus signed Cristiano Ronaldo, like for a, thir- a thirty-three-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo, those days are gone. But all of the European clubs now PSG aside, but does he really want to go to PSG? That remains the question. So when you take it all in a perspective, there's nowhere really for him to go, you know. And if he does leave, then it is purely about the money. And I think that will tarnish his legacy in the end if he if he does go. Yeah, I think that the point of of the tweet from the agent Richard was to sort of maybe get people on on his side. But it seems to me like it's it's been the the other way round. Really, it's it's not been. Maybe the the message that that was intended hasn't been the message that's been received by Liverpool fans. It, it kind of feels to me a bit like, well, similar to, to what Emmett's just said there. If if he does leave, it'll be about the money. The agent hasn't particularly put himself in a good light here. I, I just I wonder whether you know Salah's agent will sit there now and, and think maybe he's made a bit of a, a mistake here because it, it doesn't seem to have had the the impact that probably he would have thought it was going to have. Um, it's not the first football agent to make a bit of a gaffe on social media. I'm certainly sure he won't be the last. I seem to remember the saga with Raheem Sterling's agents prior to his move to uh, to Manchester City, which, you know, is pretty much forgotten about now. But, um, I, yeah, I think there was there was definitely a little bit of position in there to, you know, to try and drop hints to, to Liverpool supporters and the, and, and the public domain that... Um, Liverpool are basically not offering what he and Mo Salah think is worth. Um, and, I mean, in a way, I suppose I probably could have told you that anyway because he hasn't signed the new contract yet. If he was happy with the contract, um, he would have signed it, wouldn't he? Uh, but, but uh, you know, there's no... All, all this time that Mo Salah hasn't signed the new contract, I mean, if you look at it, he's never really been seriously linked with any other club. There's not there's no there's no real strong courting of him by other sides. He's seen as a Liverpool player. And that obviously if that might ramp up uh in the coming weeks with with, with uncertainty over whether he'll actually sign a contract or not. But you know, where can he go? PSG, Manchester City, Real Madrid, they're probably the only three clubs I can see that he could join who would be prepared to pay him the wages that we, we believe to be his expectations and also still compete um, for the best honours in the best teams uh, at the highest level. Anything below that has got to be a compromise for Mo Salah. 
And there's no, you know, if you if you go and offer him a big, let's say, 400 grand a week contract, okay, what happens? He's 29, turning 30. What happens if he gets new contract syndrome and all of a sudden his performance levels drop off or he can't hit the same heights as he has done for the last couple of seasons? Um, I don't want to be too disrespectful. He's obviously had a great scoring record uh, since he's been at Anfield, but just I think particularly in the last two seasons, he's gone to another level in terms of his overall performances. But what happens if he can't maintain that? And you've committed to you know, a three, four-year deal. Surely it wouldn't go longer than that uh, on 400 grand a week. just doesn't make sense, does it? They've just got to find the right balance, offer him something that is, you know... It, um, reassures his future at the club, but doesn't financially cripple the pull at the same time when they'll want to bring in players around them as Jurgen Klopp continues to evolve this side. Now, if if Mo Salah can't agree that, unless he goes to one of those three clubs that I mentioned, then yeah, it can only be a money matter. And, you know, a player, a Liverpool player, has gone to Paris Saint-Germain last summer for more money and that hasn't worked out all that well, has it? So, you know, I'd be careful I was Mo Salah if a foot, when it comes to actually leaving the club. But if it is money, then Liverpool may be just as well to cut the losses and carry on with the uh, great level of recruitment that they've demonstrated in the last few years. I think it's fair to, to say then all three of us, Richard, are not particularly worried yet. But is there, is there a point at which you would become worried? If, if it was still the same situation now, say, on the first day of the summer transfer window, would would you be worried then? I'd be worried on the last day of the summer transfer window. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, having said that, obviously, you've then got a summer of speculation, haven't you? But I think I think the likelihood is that some sort of decision, whether it's to stay or go, will, will be made sort of in that key area in, at the end of May, uh, early June, uh, if something hasn't already been agreed by then. And then at which point, uh, if it was a negative, then obviously Liverpool are then going to look to try and maximise the value of what they can get uh, for their uh, prize asset. Um, will it come to that? I think, actually, I think it probably will. I don't, I don't, there are surprises in football, aren't there? You see contracts signed out of the blue when you least expect it and things like that. But at the moment, I just don't see that with this. I think it is going to rumble on. The key thing will be, will it affect sellers' performances? Obviously, he got injured yesterday, uh, hopefully not serious, but there's no sign of that so far. You know what I mean? Sometimes uh, players' heads get a little bit distracted by other things. Normally, when they're getting courted by other teams elsewhere, of course, not not the contract that the club are playing at. There's no there's no sign yet. There's no there's no uh, uh, let up any signs of uh, effort or dedication. So so hopefully it won't have any sort of negative impact on on Liverpool or the team actually during the season. I don't think it will. Um, just just hopefully they can come to some sort of agreement. But I, I guess the faster that agreement is actually made by the end, I'm not so concerned during the season, but once the season's over, the faster uh, uh, um, what's happening with them is determined, then the better for all parties. Because, as you say, you probably don't want it dragging on over the summer. 
No, absolutely not. Just to, to finish then, Emmett, I wanted to, to have a mention for, for Luis Diaz. There's a good story on Liverpool.com at the moment that kind of points out that Liverpool's recruitment is clearly still very, very high level. If it came to it, they'd probably back themselves to be able to move past Mohamed Salah. And I suppose that the fact that Luis Diaz has come in and just hit the ground running straight away looked like a brilliant Liverpool signing, a brilliant fit for the way that Jurgen Klopp plays. I suppose... That's probably a little bit of a reminder to Mohamed Salah that he does, you know, have to, to be a little bit lenient in terms of his demands because Liverpool can turn around and say, well, it's it's not just you, it's it's Diaz, it's Jota, it's Mane. They they do have other players. Yeah, I mean, make no respect, make no mistake about it. Easy for me to say. Um every player is replaceable. You know, no one player is bigger than the club, and that's you know, Salah's no different, you know. You could make the point bigger and better players have played Liverpool in the past. The club has survived. You evolve. You move on. You know. So yeah, like you said, Luis Diaz has come in, and he's Diaz is almost settling. It's unnerving how how quickly he's settling. It's almost like he's been playing for Liverpool for years at this stage, and he's only been here what like six weeks. So you know, Salah, he's a he will be a loss should he leave, but. He will be replaced eventually, you know, regardless if it's now or in five years. The club will survive, will go on, continue to evolve. The success will still be there. And yeah, it's, it's just another reminder that Salah, yep, you're great, but you can't be replaced. No, no one player is irreplaceable. I think the more people are talking about Luis Diaz, um, and I don't want to say the less about Salah, but the more they're talking about Diaz, it just reinforces Emmett's point, really, that you know there are there are there's another exciting player come in that he could add, easily add another to that. Certainly with the sale of Salah, so um, you know it's not it's not like a Barcelona Lionel Messi situation. This you know what I mean. He is a key player. He is Liverpool's best player, um, but he is replaceable. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, on that note, I think that'll just about do us for this edition of the show, but it's definitely not the last we've heard of this Mohamed Salah contract story. We'll be back on Monday with the Blood Red podcast as a big week of games continues for Liverpool. We'll have the latest on Salah's injury as well as soon as we have that after he limped off at the Amex Stadium. Jurgen Klopp's press conference will be on Tuesday if we don't hear anything on that before then. For now, though, from all of us here, that's all we've got time for on the latest Agenda podcast. It's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.